Welcome to the pre uh, the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed. Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we go over uh, a lot, a lot of crap that happened last night. Even though it was a five game slate, a lot of crap, right? Like you got a zero probably in your lineup at some point. I don't know how if you, if you had if you had uh, players that played the entire game yesterday, you probably at least cashed. Me, most of my lineups. Uh, in fact, all of my lineups had zeros in it. So I didn't do very well. And then we'll talk a little bit about today's slate. It's a, it's an 11-game slate. Uh, we got Plumley out. Uh, so the Stewart, they didn't price up, so he'll probably be chalky. Beal is resting. So Westbrook will probably be up there. But outside of that, there's uh, there's 11 games of nonsense and we don't know what's going to happen. So we talk a lot about DFS strategy here. So, uh, so go, if you're in the YouTube chat, you know, you're my people, right? I see you guys in there. DJ Cicero, card fan, go Sox bro, Dave Kinder, Kagan Hopkins, Dave Kinder, Milo, I, I see you all. Tyler Coleman, right? First time in the chat live, not used to being awake this early, this early. Where are you? Maybe West Coast, maybe, I guess West Coast, eight in the morning, I guess in the West Coast, it's 11 a.m. What are you not doing up already? Unless you work at night, I guess, right? If you're new in the chat, Okay, you need you know what you need to do. You have to hit hit those thummy thumbs. Hit the thummy thumbs. You have to keep. I don't, still don't have any apple juice. Maybe that's why I lost yesterday. I think I lost because I didn't have any apple juice. I should go tell my wife to go get me apple juice. I don't leave. I don't go anywhere. So maybe she has to go get me apple juice because yesterday, yesterday, what a crap show! What a crap show! Uh, the stock is nosediving. Right, two bad days in a row. Right, there you go. Oh, it's a limp. It's a little limpy. I need to get some Viagra for the, for the graph over here. But that that's primarily due to the fact that I got zeros in every lineup. And in FanDuel, I had two, right? Because we saw yesterday, we saw yesterday, uh, everything was seemed to be fine. We were waiting on the magic news, right? We had Anthony Fournier, those guys, questionable. Late game. Okay, we got to watch out for that. Probably still playing Vooch no matter what. Okay? And then like, 10 minutes after the Miami game locked, Tyler Hero, not going to play COVID protocols. Well, there's, there's a zero in my FanDuel lineup. And then we got uh, five minutes, whatever, before the other game. It's like, oh, Mason Plumley's not going to play. Like, oh, oh no. So now, now you're trying to get Isaiah Stewart in the lineups. And then, then we got news that Cole Anthony, Fournier, all those magic guys that were questionable, they ain't playing. It's like, okay, got to get 4K Frank Mason to my lineups, right? And then Frank Mason goes out. He uh, gets a foul. Four minutes. Groin injury. Done for the game. Another zero. Another zero. So I'd, I I ended up, uh, I, I made a profit on Yahoo, but uh, DraftKings and FanDuel are uh, no, not good. Not FanDuel's not going to be very good when you, have, uh, when you have two zeros in your lineup, right? So down day. Down day. Is it an update on the stock market at least? Maybe maybe that, that'll cheer me up a bit. Okay. But we got a down day. But we keep on trucking. This is a long-term game. It's a long-term game. Right? It's, there's going to be ups and downs. We see we see here. Look. Look. It goes up to eight. It goes up to nine. goes back down to five. goes up to back down. Up, up and down. Up and down. But the trajectory typically is up and up. So we'll get back up there. Hopefully, hopefully get back up there. Maybe tonight, maybe tonight. 
But yesterday, it's not like if you played Frank Mason yesterday, you didn't do anything wrong, right? He was the chalkiest player on the slate and he got a zero, <laughs> okay? The chalkiest player, he got a zero, got injured. I mean, look, I mean, look at the, the exposures up here, right? 100 for Papa Gates, 100%, doesn't matter, right? 4K with no one there, why not? Jeremy Grant, Nikola Vucevic, Brown, a little bit dis- disappointing game. Obviously, Isaiah Stewart. If you if you weren't around to switch to Isaiah Stewart in your lineups, this is what I mean by it. it NBA DFS doesn't just end at like when the slate locks the first games. Like you got you got to play the whole night, right? You would have been better off just after switching to Isaiah Stewart, not caring about the uh, the magic news. Just say I'm playing Vooch and I don't care about the rest of the magic, right? Because you would have played Frank Mason and gotten a zero <laughs> because of a four minute injury. But I mean, this is why Terrence Ross, and we see Terrence Ross's ownership is up. Exposures here to like uh, James Ennis, right? Once all the guys were ruled out, I mean, it just made all the other magic uh, much, much better plays. You know, project that they were not efficiently priced. So, so late, late swap is a big deal. I know a lot of people poo-poo it. A lot of people come into the premium Discord, which I'm in all the time. If you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, you know, you you could I'm I'm in there chatting all the time. You could ask me questions and stuff just like this. So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. You can get NBA single sport, or you get the combo package, which includes everything other than NASCAR. And NASCAR is coming up. This uh, we got Daytona coming up, right? So you get Stevie's package for that, or you get Roto Grinders Premium. Get ten dollars off your first month by clicking on the link in the description. But a lot of people, you know, they come in. They're coming late into chat. Oh, well, what, 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 Isaiah Stewart, what's up with that? Like, dude, where, where are you living under a rock? Right? An hour late. Uh, but why is Isaiah Stewart shocking? Well, Mason Plumley's out. Oh, I wish I would have known. Well, you should have known. You know how you know first? By getting the Roto-Grinders app. It's free. Get the Roto-Grinders app. Set your notifications on NBA, important, uh, urgent news. And whenever anything happens, uh, within a minute, within a minute of everyone else finding out, when everyone finding out, like it gets reported, you'll you'll get notified. So you don't have to worry. Even if you're out on the go, even if you're taking care of your kids, eating dinner, like you don't have to you don't have to stress about it. So if, if there's a change in the starting lineup or something, and okay, we send notifications for that. You can even get it on Twitter. If you want to uh, subscribe to the, the the NBA account, the RG NBA account and set on Twitter, and that Twitter could notify you. You could do that if you want. But that's the best way. I mean, people come into Discord late and or the, the, the next day. What happened? Why was this guy this? Or the, get the news. It's NBA. The reason why news is so important in NBA is because once you take start taking players out and moving players around, the prices of the players start getting very inefficient, which makes... They're an edge to, to be playing them. Not, not as so much in other sports. So make sure you get the notifications. How was I supposed to people getting stuck with uh, Cole Anthony in their lineups? Like, dude, that, that news was like two hours ago. How'd you get stuck with Cole Anthony in your lineups? We got, that, we got the magic news earlier than I expected. I thought we'd get the magic news like 10 minutes before that game locked. We'd see, we have to look, at, we have to look for warm-up pictures. Who's out on the court warming up? No, we got it. We got it fairly early. 
I almost hope that we didn't. I mean, I would have been able, I would have switched to Mason regardless, right? Wouldn't have mattered. That much usage, he was going to play, he was going to play 34, 36, 38 minutes. 4K. I mean, come on. That's why he projected. He projected ridiculously, but he can't predict injuries. Let's see. Michael uh, Papadopoulos. Hi, Jordan. How would you approach DFS if you had no ownership projections? I'm playing on a betting site with a different lineup structure and player salaries than DKFD and no info on ownership. I'd run ownership. You could do that. I'd, I'd, create, I'd create an ownership model. How would you approach DFS if you have no ownership projections? It's like a tying one hand behind your back. You need to have ownership. You need to, you need to have, that's the, you're trying to beat other people. So knowing more or less what other people are going to do is a, is a big impact. Without having that variable, you're just, you're, you're flying blind. One, one way to project ownership is to just run a ton of lineups with your own projections. And if your own projections is somewhat consensus, then players that fit into more lineups will fit into more lineups and those are going to be more chalky players. Now, I, I've, I've never set up my own ownership model for projecting ownership, but I'd look into that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't just say, well, because I can't get ownership projections for this small site or, you know, something that no one else offers, that I just, I, I ignore it. No, it, it has to be a factor. Even if you're just estimating it in your head, it has to be a variable that you weigh. People in the chat Going through Tyler Zero. Yes, Tyler Zero. Not Tyler Hero. Tyler Zero. He was more of a player on FanDuel than he was on, on Yahoo or, or Draft DraftKings. So yeah, Hero, I think in cash games on FanDuel was 40, 40-ish percent, 30, 30 to 40% owned. Not not as much, not really owned on DraftKings, not on Yahoo. Let's see. Going through the YouTube chat. Let's see. Kagan Hopkins asks, when looking at the slate, trying to determine what lineup construction you want, do you start by deciding what chalk you want to fade or is something you do while changing your build rules? Well, I, that's how I research. I don't decide what chalk I, I I look at lineups. I stress very much on this show that we're looking at lineups, not players, Okay. So I know I have results DB up. Do we do we really want to go over? Do we really want to go over the crap that happened last night? Who had what and whatever? We kind of we kind of see here. Nickelback for life won. He won a bunch. Right? He won. John Wall, Ross Butler, basically semi Ojale. Like, what, what's up with that? He's like a 17,000 three pointers for no reason. Right? That's how he scored. I, I think he had seven threes or something, something like that. They leave him up. He doesn't do anything. Right, he's one of the lowest fantasy points per minute players in the entire NBA. Semi Tony Snell looks at him and go, "Wow, you really do nothing." Right, that's how low he is. And just, uh, I guess you know, they just leave him in the corner and just hit, he just hit the shots. That's what happened. So 3,234 points. That was the key. Chuma Okeke. The Magic guy's out. Okay, I get it. And then you know everything didn't get enough for our points. Get Butler. I get Butler, Sabonis, Curry, right? You got all the key pieces. Way to go. One by, I mean, both of his lineups, 
The next best lineup is 335.75. So even like Royal Payne, right? Still had Curry, Sabonis, but no Butler, right? Still had Semi Ojale. You kind of needed it. But you needed Curry, you needed Ojale, probably needed Stewart going off at 10X. But I don't know. But when I'm looking, when I'm looking at like, do I, do I fit like on this slate? We know Stewart is going to be chalky, right? We know Westbrook is going to be chalky. Probably Vooch will be also. I mean, it's an 11-game slate. So I'm, I'm taking a look at what the line of constructions look like, okay? So I'm going to run. This is our 10-11 projections, which may not mean much. Six or seven hours from now. So look, we're getting 100% Westbrook, 100% Stewart, 95% Vooch. So here we go. Top optimal. 297.27. We have no ownership to judge it by. So you have to wait for that. So I'm looking at this. I'm going, okay, what's the best lineup without Westbrook? Run that. I can even rename. I can even do this. Let's 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 even rename it. There's a new feature lineup HQ. Optimal. Rename that to that. So we remember what it is. This is no rwb okay then i'm going to go back to optimal and i'm going to now x out isaiah stewart and build some lineups okay rename that to no stewart no stewie there we go okay do something like that okay go back to optimal go let's go with uh maybe no vooch Build 20 lineups just to take a look. All we're doing is taking a look. I haven't decided anything. Just no Vooch. Just, yeah, uh, case, cases don't matter. So now we're going to take a look. Okay. So 297 is the best with everyone in. You have to play Sadiq Bey, I guess, in order to get there. Is Blake sitting or something? Is that the reason why we're getting Bay? Blake? Yeah, maybe. Is Griffin going to sit tonight? I think we're predicting that. That's how I could tell. I mean, that's why I'm like, why am I getting Sadiq Bay? Okay. So here we go. 297.27. Okay, now if we'd have no Westbrook, we're sacrificing about three points. Right? No, There's a no Westbrook lineup. Of course, it includes three Celtics. We don't want to do that. It includes both Tatum and Brown. Right. Correlation wise, maybe you don't want to do that. Do they both get like 60 points? Maybe not. So you look here and you see this 293. Okay. So you're sacrificing about about three points to not have Westbrook, to use Westbrook as a leverage point. Now, if you keep Westbrook and you don't use Stewart, you actually sacrifice a lot more 289.02. Right. So compared to optimal, which is 297, by not playing Stewart, you're sacrificing eight points. By, by not playing Vooch, you're sacrificing two and a half points. So based on this, this is this highlights the reason why a lot of sharp players, when we have like some minimum price cut, when some cheap chalk exists, they're more likely to go overboard on it. Because like you could fade Westbrook at 9K and still have, and still only give up three points of medium. But fading Isaiah Stewart, I mean, the best you could do, you're, you're giving up seven points. And maybe that's doable in large field, but probably not in small field. 
So this is the research. This was what will tell me that. So now I'm going, now I'm saying, okay, I'm probably, I'm, I'm probably playing a lot more Stewart lineups. I don't mind playing, not playing Westbrook or Vooch. Okay. So let's get rid, let's get rid of these. They always, they move it around because now the name things are here. Okay. So we're going to get rid of the no stew lineups. Okay. So now I'm going to delete this build. It was going to still keep the optimal. Now we want to kind of use the player groups. Like I didn't want that Tatum and Brown combination. Maybe I'm, I'm going to see in addition to that, maybe not have Westbrook and Vooch in the same lineup to give me, so I'm not putting two chalky players together. Maybe, maybe I'm just, just researching. Let's see what else came, what else came out in the optimals. Sadiq Bay, Sadiq Bay, Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant. Like Sadiq Bay is cheap enough that you can play them together. I mean, I guess you can. Grayson Allen was Melton's out. Is I mean, something's going on in their backcourt. Peyton Pritchard's in here. Sadiq, there's still more Sadiq Bay. Jordan McLaughlin. His value is ugh. Okay. So I'm looking through, just looking through. So we get a lot of Sadiq Bay, it seems like. Grayson Allen. Sadiq Bay. Jordan McLaughlin. See, I don't have ownership. So a lot of if, if one of those guys was like a little bit too chalky, maybe I just kind of group them out. But I did it with uh Brown and Tatum. And I did it with Westbrook and Vucevic. Now, when ownership came in, you'd be able to compare the the projected medians to like the ownership sum. But obviously since we don't have projected ownership now, you can't do that. So that would be the other consideration. So now I'm going to build 20 lineups with separating those two Celtics and separating Westbrook and Vooch. And let's see what it looks like. How many, how many points are we giving up by making those separations? Okay. About three. So no big deal. We're not even. Oh, this is no Vooch. What happened to the optimal? Did I just did I absolutely remove that? The optimal was two two ninety seven. So we remember that. So here we go. So we get Stewart Westbrook. Westbrook and so are we we're basically getting no Vooch now because Westbrook projects so much better. Right. So now we're taking a look at lineups that are two ninety four. Now in order to stop that. Like Westbrook projects better than Vooch. So obviously the optimizer with no, no other build rules or anything is just going to prioritize the better projected players. Median projected players. For the price, obviously. Point for dollar price. But let's say I do want to see some Vooch lineups. So I go and I just cap it. I cap, let's cap him at 50. Just so we get 50% Westbrook and then still get some Vooch lineups. Out of 20 just to see, okay? So we're still playing a lot of Jeremy Grant. Now we're getting more Brown over Tatum. So I want to do that. I want to make sure I get some Tatum and not just all Brown. Not saying I'm playing these lineups. This is what I'm researching based on these projections, okay? So I still get Bay, Grant. Maybe I don't want to play Bay and Grant together. Maybe I do something like that. Let me start taking a look at lineups that don't have Bay and Grant together. This is what I mean by a research process. This is what I mean by looking at lineups. Like you asked, like, well, 
do I choose which guy to fade? It's like, you could or you couldn't. We saw based on the research that you can have to give up a lot more points meeting wise to fade Stewart. So I've already kind of made that decision that more likely, uh, more likely I'm going to be playing a lot more Stewart lineups. I'm going through, okay, Bay and Grant is not together. Okay, so here we go. McLaughlin is 293.3. Okay, this isn't bad. McLaughlin, Mitchell, Brown, Bay, Stewart, Westbrook, Kawhi, Darius Garland. So we're getting a lot of, a lot of McLaughlin. And John Conchar, a lot, a lot of iffy punt plays in order to jam in Kawhi Leonard and Darius Garland. I don't know what, what is Garland's smash percentage. So now I'm going to take a look. 31%. Okay, that, that isn't bad at all. How about Grayson Allen? Are we playing guys that, okay, Grayson Allen, 20%. Okay, that's not, that's not horrible. It's an 11-game slate. So I'm looking at like McLaughlin. Okay, let's, let's take a look at McLaughlin now. McLaughlin, 14%. Maybe I want to see lineups that don't have Jordan McLaughlin in it. Maybe I end up playing him, maybe, maybe, but out of all the guys that are towards up here, he's the one with the lowest smash. So maybe X him out. Or not even X him out, just limit him to 10. Let me see. Okay, we're going to get the McLaughlin ones up here. Okay, then we get this one. Or Conchar. I'm assuming Conchar, Conchar can't possibly have 18%. I mean, I guess it's doable as a punt, I guess. But I'm going to kind of limit that also. Where's Conchar? Because what it's doing is replacing Glockle McLaughlin with Conchar and just giving, giving me the same type of construction. Okay. So I'm going to skip over McLaughlin. Anything with McLaughlin or Con Conchar in it. Okay. Here we go. 291.98. Westbrook, Mitchell, Gallinari, Bay, Stewart, Middleton, Brown, Garland. This doesn't look that, that bad of a lineup. I would have to look at the ownership now to see, you know, if it match if it if it's good for the contest size. But this seems like a more doable lineup. Gallo, Gallo played 30 minutes last game. This isn't bad. I don't have any necessarily negative correlation in here that, that I don't mind. So this lineup ain't bad. Even the next one, even with the Advija, I can't pronounce his name, Denny, because Beal's out. So he's 3,900. I don't mind this either. Westbrook, Mitchell, Gallinaro, Denny. Then you have Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, Jeremy Grant in here instead of Sadiq Bay. This one, Whiteside. Let's see, now, now I'd have to look Teague and Whiteside. Let's take a look at Teague and Whiteside. Teague, Teague, 11% smash. Whiteside, 5%. Yeah, those... Maybe I X those guys out completely. So let's see what happens if I just X those X those types of those types of guys out. So instead of 10 on McLaughlin and Concher, I'm gonna X out Whiteside and I'm gonna X out Teague. So now I'm gonna skip over all those types of lineups. You can still decide to play them. So then we're getting 291.98. We get that lineup up here, which is about Six, uh, five points off the, the 297, what would be the optimal lineup. We go through here. We find that lineup that we saw before. 
Daniel Tice is in this one. I'm assuming Tice, Tice is decent enough. All right, so we're going to go, go look at Tice. 22%. Okay, that's decent. It's good enough. Right. I don't mind playing Tyson Brown together. Westbrook Mitchell, here's one with here, another configuration of that. Grayson Allen's in this one. Will Barton. Get Will Barton in this one. Now, a lot of these look alike, like Tyus Jones. Here's a Vooch lineup. So here's a Vooch lineup. This is the lineup that doesn't have Westbrook in it. So take a look at these two lineups. I mean, assuming of maybe not Pat Connington. We get some Russell Westbrook lineups and we get some Vooch lineups, but they project almost, almost the same within 0.2 points. That means you could play them and you could do Okay. Which lineup do you want to play? It's not about Westbrook versus Vucevic. It's which lineup versus which lineup. So I'm go- going through. I see Tyus Jones in here. Tyus Jones, Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso can't be projected that well. Caruso. Caruso, 5%. Get rid of him. Tyus Jones, 17%. Maybe we do keep him. Let's take a look at what Connington. He was in one. 5% smash. Not an 11-game slate, probably not. Build 20 lineups. Start taking a look. A lot of these lineups look very similar, so it's not like you'd have to play all of them. You're getting a lot more Garland, Mitchell, Middleton. You're still using Bay. Tatum, Gallinari, Denny, Peyton Pritchard. Pritchard, Okoro, Dembuya. So let's take a look at those guys. Pritchard. 15%. 15%. I guess. Okoro, he never does anything. Really? Yeah, get rid of him. And who else do we have? Oh, D- Dumboya. Doom. Dumboya. 0%. Nothing. Okay, get rid of him. Right? We're still capping. We're still playing all the Isaiah Stewart. Maybe wanna, we want to get a little bit more diversification by limiting some of these guys. Let me get Sadiq Bay, limiting just to 50, just whatever. Tatum means we're probably going to get too much Gallo, too much Denny. Just do 50 across the board. I mean, I could do this in global settings, but I mean, I still want all of the Isaiah Stewart. So kind of cap those and just 20 lineups. Let's see. Let's see what's going on. Still get that 29, still get this one, the 291 lineup. Look at this lineup, this lineup. Okay, that's good. Denny, got that in there. Grant and Stewart, Grayson Allen, Tyus Jones. Let's see. Now we first get our first Peyton Pritchard lineup. Peyton Pritchard and Tatum. Maybe I wouldn't play those two together. Could I mean, I guess you could. Pritchard's cheap enough. Okay, now I'm looking. See, now I'm looking at lineups. This one has Cole Anthony in it. So I'm like, okay. Somewhere hovering around 290 to 292, 289 to 292. And now the next step would be looking at the ownership comparison versus the optimal. Am I gaining like, but this is 291.98 and has high ownership. And I can only sacrifice another 0.1 to get like 40, 50 points less ownership. Then this would be the better line. So I hope you see just through this process. 
of looking at lineups and not players. Like, yeah, you could play a Russell Westbrook lineup or you could play, there's, there's their Vooch lineups in here because we separated them. See, Anthony Fournier Vooch, you may not want to play this. You may create a group so that doesn't happen. So it removes this out of, out of your consideration. And you just go through and do the, the there you go. Using lineup HQ as a research tool. Even if you're, I'm hand building five, seven lineups tonight. This is, I'm, this is okay. I, I could piece these things together. This makes sense. This is what I would do an hour before lock. I would compare the ownership and then look and go, okay. And all I have to do is I could, now I can hand enter some of these lineups. I could save them using the heart button to my save lineups and go, those are the seven lineups I want to play. And then just enter them in or CSV upload. He could do that also. So don't think in terms of, do I fade Westbrook or do I not fade Westbrook? Do I play this guy or do I not play this guy? Like, well, if I do, what types of lineups can I build? And how owned are they going to be? And will I get leverage for the contest that I'm in? Sometimes you could see, it's like, oh, I really want to play X guy. Like with, I mean, who's the most, I mean, what, we have Luca, Giannis, Joker, LeBron, Trey. Like they weren't in any of those lineups. So what would it take to play? Let's say, let's say you play Luca or Jokic. So lock Luca in. You go, okay, I just want to see. Research it. Build 20 lines with Luca, with what we currently have. Right? The best lineup, 288.56, which ain't bad. You got to play favors, though. So let's go look at favors. 18%. I mean, he's, I guess, 17 minutes. I mean, do you really want to play a guy that's only going to play 17 minutes? Let's say we decide we don't want to. Okay, so we're not going to play. We're going to build 20 lineups again. With Luca. This is if you just, I want to play Luka Doncic. What do these lineups look like? Okay, so basically they were obviously more likely to replace Westbrook because Luka is a point guard. So basically you're getting a Westbrook-type construction. Obviously you're paying 1900 more. So you're going to have to punt in one more spot. So you're playing Grayson Allen, Garrett Temple. Right, you're playing this type of construction. More likely to play Vooch. Nerland's Noel, you have to check that one out. Jetty Osmond's in this one. So you look, you look through. Oh, here's one with Westbrook and Luca. Then you have to play, you have to punt twice at center. So maybe you look through these lineups and go, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't play Luca. Maybe I, I don't, I don't like the constructions with Luca in it. With Luca Westbrook, because they're both point guard eligible, that limits the other guards that you could play. And maybe you decide then it's like, okay, maybe I don't. Or maybe you just like what well, you like a specific line. You go, yeah, I could play this one. And that's your one Luca line. Maybe you look and you go, oh, let me take a look at Giannis. Well, 20 lineups. And you go, okay, what do these lineups look like? We got to play Pritchard in this one. Here's one with Fournier. Like I said, we don't have ownership, so it's hard to gauge. This one isn't half bad, right? Westbrook, Giannis, Stewart, Bay, Fournier, Chias Jones. This isn't bad. I probably wouldn't play Middleton and Giannis together. So I may make a group for that. Here's one with Josh Richardson in it. This main 286, we're down to 286. Now we're like 11 points under the median. Now we're starting to get more into larger field territories. 
But here we go. This is, if you wanted to play, look, look at the lineups that we built. Here's the Giannis lineups, 280, 286. Luca lineups, 288. So that should tell you that Giannis lineups may be a little bit more suited for larger field contests. Unless you're willing to give, unless you're getting the ownership in return with that, which we don't have currently. It made more sense to play Luca lineups than Giannis lineups. And that's based on positional eligibility. Obviously, you're less likely to fit in a Sadiq Bay or any of the, the cheaper power forward options. And also you have Isaiah Stewart filling the center spot. So that's another spot that Giannis can't be in. And you could do this with everything. That's why like like Joke uh Jokic is probably the worst. I'm gonna assume. I'm just gonna make an assumption. That Luca, the best is 288. Giannis, the best is 286.9. So almost 287. I'm going to assume that Jokic is going to give the worst amount of median sacrifice. 280, okay, close. Well, it is the worst. It's technically the worst by 0.05. But still, the next one is 288.838. I said that because if you're playing Isaiah Stewart, who's only center eligible, there's only one slot for, for Jokic to even appear in. It makes the lineup construction much more rigid. But you could still get lineups like that, right? Similar. So it's not a matter, oh, do you play Luka? Do you play Giannis? Do you play Jokic? You can play any of them. You can build a lineup in the same range, possibly similar ownership, Mathematically, they're about equal to each other. So play whatever you want. That that's what it comes down to. Then, then okay, these two lineups they they're mathematically similar, and you open them up, and there are four different players in there. But mathematically, they're about the same lineup from an from an expected value standpoint. So this is what I mean by lineups, not players. This is what I mean by using lineup HQ as a tool of research, even if you're hand building. Now, one, now, once you go through this little research process and then, okay, now I'm building a hundred lineups. Now you get a sense of what these constructions look like. Go, well, if I don't play enough of this guy, that means I have to play a lot of that guy. I need to find someone for the small forward spot. It's going to be Bay, Allen, Grant, Middleton, which means I need shooting guards. If I use Middleton in the small forward, which means I'm going to get even more Allen. I'm looking down, I have to get Fournier, Clarkson. That's mid-range. So you can kind of visualize what the constructions will look like. So that when you go in and now you're making 100 lineups, you get a sense of what the exposures are going to end up being and how you can manipulate that better. So I hope I hope this gives gives... I mean, I've done this before. This isn't new. I've always said on this show that like, if you watch this every day, like every month, it's almost going to be on repeat. Maybe you pick up different things. Obviously, this is just all related to today's slate at the current projections. We get news that something happens. This, this all blows up. Right, because then now we could fit someone else in this spot. And then, you know, Giannis is sitting. Oh, now we can now jam it in Middleton. I mean, like, his projection goes up. So now he's taking up spots. So that's why you need to do this type of thing. I mean, you could do it earlier in the day just to get a sense. Just understand that by six o'clock Eastern, 
You may have to look through and do all this again. And once you get used to doing this, a lot of times you don't even have to do it. I can look at the player pool and I can look at the projections and I can visualize these. And that comes through experience. Like this, in my head, I'm also doing this same thing later in the day. I don't necessarily have to go through this entire process. Yet I still will do certain things. Like if I don't play this guy, what's the sacrifice here? If I don't play that guy, what's the sacrifice there? So I still do use Lineup HQ as a research tool. A lot of stuff, once you get experienced, you, you, you could piece all the things together, visualize it in your head. So I hope this was helpful. I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of went off on a kind of tangent, tangenty, but I mean, to me, this is a, you know, a how-to type of thing. Let's go through the YouTube chat since spent 20 minutes on this. Uh, let's see. Go through the old chat, scrolling back, hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up button, keep my diet Mountain Dew. Cold. Let's see. Okay. Some people are asking questions and I seem like I went through the process of actually doing it. Like Mark Scroggins. You always say that players are only names in a spreadsheet. Can you walk me through your process of hand building with just using the numbers on lineup HQ? Well, you just saw. Right? I mean, I'm still aware of who the players are. It's not like I don't even know who Donovan Mitchell is. I know what is I know what he's more likely to project without Conley in. I know, you know, I get a sense, but I mean, really, it's just using the numbers. All I'm doing with lineup HQ is that's what these numbers are. Let's see. Ronald Coley says, I exclude guys like Ojale all the time, but it seems like these guys are the ones that win tournaments for people a lot of times. It's a lot of randomness, especially for large field. Do you need semi-Ojale for a small field contest? Probably not. It was a five-game slate in Valley, and who knows? Before Stewart and the Magic, Valley was fairly thin. The Boston game was the first game. So I could understand like, oh, instead of playing Danny Green, I'm going to play Semi-Ojale. Danny Green would have been chalky if it wasn't for all the news that came out. So just one of those things. You could have thrown in anyone. All right, Apocalypse has it right. I believe the hardest concept people have trouble grasping in this class, in this class, in the industry, I guess, in this, and on the show, or in everywhere, is lineups versus players. The 1v1 versus 2v2 questions don't mean anything outside of the context of the rest of your lineup. That's correct. If you notice on, on in the past, so I don't do the many of the, the Grinders Live or Crunch Time shows, and when people ask, do you play this guy or this guy? It's like, well, what contest you're in? Who's in the rest of your lineup? Like, that matters. Right, we're going to be comparing lineups with ownership once we get it, and go: Is this lineup better than that lineup? Not is this player better than that player? Is this lineup better than that lineup? What does it project, and what is it owned? And it contain does it contain players? And based on the numbers, that's what the median is. That's why I, when I go back and I eliminated people, I did it because on an eleven game slate, most likely. 
guys that have a limp. You're going to have to hit the nut in large field stuff. You're going to have to hit the nuts practically. So guys that have 5% chances of, you know, getting 20 points at 3,200 are likely not going to be in the winning lineups. They could, but they're likely not. So since I do have a lot more options this slate, which is 11-game slate, I could find constructions that don't need to have Seco Demboya in it or Isaac Okoro. If they beat me, they beat me. But, the, you know, when Okoro's ceiling, 85th percentile, is 21, like, probably not going to be in the winning lineup. I mean, I guess you could play favors of Contra, I guess. But let me see if I can find lineups that don't. If I can find lineups that don't, then I don't, then I don't play these guys. So that's what lineups not, that, I mean, this is what lineups not players means. This is what play whoever you want means. You take a look at this first build. Like Jordan McLaughlin's in this build. I mean, that, what's wrong with this? It's 294. Take a look at this one. This one has, you know, John Concher in it, right? Oh. What's wrong with this? 293.98. Nothing. And you compare it to ownership and why did you play John Conchar tonight? I, no reason because the math fit. Conchar goes off and puts up 30 points for 3K. Did I know that was going to happen? No, of course not. But the lineup made sense. That's what lineups not play. I know, I know it, it's a hard concept because most people start with who do I want to play? So when you start from that mindset of who do I want to play, you get into players, not lineups. You have to start with what contests am I playing first? How do I win this contest? I'm going to need X amount of leverage. I'm going to need, can't just play the cash lineup. I'm going to need to find a way to get lower ownership, but still maintain enough of a projection to, to have first place equity. Well, how do I accomplish that? Well, obviously I'm going to have to lower my ownership somehow, which means not playing, not playing a guy or two at least that are going to be chalky. Well, which ones do I fit? Well, which ones do you fade? Either one, see which one you want, see which, what lineups can you make that you could lower your ownership by 50 points, 50 percentage points, maybe depending on the slate and see what the projection is. If I lower my 50 percentage points in ownership and I have to sacrifice 100 points in median, those lineups suck, right? You're giving up way too much projection. And you're rarely going to ever see, you're never going to see that to that extent. So that's why when you start with contests, lineups, players, this is the process. So all the stuff about the players has been, has been done for you in the projection. They've been assigned numbers. They've been given ranges of outcomes. So outside of that, outside of how they work together, that's why I like not playing Tatum and Brown together because they're less likely to both hit a ceiling in the same game. So you'd rather not have them in the same lineup because it lowers your ceiling. So outside of how the players kind of correlate to each other, once you get rid of all, once you have all of that, then it's just, what's the projection? What's the ownership? And that's it. And the players... It's just eight slots in a roster. And you have two little lineups. You have no idea which ones are in it, right? Let's say we have a lineup that has 280 point projection 
and 150 percentage points of ownership. Okay, there's this lineup. Then you have another lineup that's 280 points of projection and 150 points of ownership. So it's equal, right? Which lineup do you want to play? I'm not going to tell you what players are in it. Which lineup do you play? Whichever one. Doesn't matter. Mathematically, they're equivalent. Once I open it up, it's a 4v4. It's a, it's literally, there's it's a 4v4. One lineup is Westbrook. One lineup is Vooch. One lineup is this guy. One lineup is that guy. It's a 4v4. But I close it, it's mathematically the same. So when you ask me, like, do you play this guy or this guy? Like, like what's the rest of the lineup? If I replace that one guy in this lineup and this lineup goes there, I'd rather play this lineup now. So the players in and of themselves don't matter. They only matter in the scope of the lineup that they're in and the contest that they're in. I know I repeat I know I repeat this stuff over and over. Sometimes I feel like I need to. Most people don't get it. It's 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 I mean it's a main it's a main tenet of the theory of DFS. It's a 15-hour audio masterclass. Me and James McCool. This is part. That if you want to learn more about the math behind why this concept is the way the way it is, it's all in this course. This is like the reference guide. You could you you could if you wanted to watch every past episode of this show and of my podcast and all that. You could hundreds of hours. And probably everything that's in this, in there, is, I probably mentioned at some point. But do you want to spend hours, hundreds of hours, sifting through that and piecing it together and going, well, which one is more important, whatever? This is structured. This is all outlined and structured, me and James, 15 hours of education. And then you get to reference it anytime you want. Oh yeah, on this slate, it was more like this. Maybe I'll maybe I'll listen to the leverage chapter again. Maybe I'll listen to the to the game objectives chapter. He mentioned something about this with late swap and whatever. Oh, let me take a, a listen again to the exploits chapter. Oh, I got I got sucked into this because of blah blah blah. Now let me take a listen to the psychology chapter again, so I don't succumb to those biases. I saw someone mention something about an EV calculation. Let me let me. I still don't absolutely grasp what expected value is. So let me listen to that chapter again. This is how I learned how to play poker. By reading books over and over and over again. Playing, reading, playing, reading, playing, reading. Read the same book 14 times. You get better. So that's what I want. That, that's what I wanted to make. Something that you could listen. You listen once. Maybe you play for a month. Then you listen again, you play for another month. By the end of the year, you probably could, you should be as good as I am. It's not as complicated as it looks. So go pick that up. Theoryofdfs.com. Let's see any other questions. I know I'm, I'm behind, but I'm, I'm looking, looking through. Let's see. Jupocalypse asks, yes, I, I believe they're working on something like this. Could we suggest RG update the projections for save lineups as well? Yeah, that that, that they're in the works on that. Because when you save the lineups, it like it automatically stamps in whatever that the projection and ownership was at that exact time. 
So when the projections update, like it still gets stuck like that. You want the you want the new updated one. Yes. I, I believe I believe that that's in the works. Let's see. Going through the chat. Going through the chat. Oh, let's see. Hit the thumbs up button. Yeah, Apocalypse says, sometimes I wish this was only available on the Theory of DFS site or RG Premium subscribers only. Don't worry, Apocalypse. You see the people that come and chat, the new people that stop in once in a while that say, oh, math, math is BS. You just have to watch the games, right? That's most of the people. So you don't have to worry. People will watch this and go, I, 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 I don't want, I don't get it. I don't want to do the work. I just want to say, I just want to, I want to have fun, right? Fun. I want to have fun. What I'm doing is not fun. I think what I'm doing is extremely fun. This is why I love doing it. Figuring out the little intellectual puzzles and then, and then making money on doing that. Well, maybe not last night, but overall making money doing so to me, that's all that's, that's what I, would, I want to do every day of my life. I just want to have apple juice though. That, that's, that would be the difference, right? The apple juice. It's all about the apple juice. Let's see. Max Coach one says, I think the mental block most players have is that they're fans of the sport first, which clouds their math judgment. Yeah, but you could be a fan of a sport. I was always fans of sports because of the statistics. Like, yes, there may have been a 15-plus year gap where I didn't follow any sports. But when I was younger, I mean, I collected baseball cards. I collect, I watch sports religiously. I watch Center every day. But I was the type of person that I, I read the back of the cards. I liked the stats. I, play, I played rotisserie baseball. I played... You know, early versions of fantasy basketball where you had to you had to mail in transactions. You had to fax, all oh, fax. You had to call up the, the hotline, right, for waivers on, on Tuesdays. Yeah, by Tuesday night, you got to call and say what you're wearing. Then someone would answer at the end and listen to the recording and do what, like, I did that when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. But I was into the stats. So it's like, yeah, sports. Sports are just a byproduct of like, oh, I, I like studying the stats. Anything else before I get out of here? But yeah, I mean, that's that's the reason why this course applies to all sports. People say, you're like, oh, does this apply to NHL? Like, yeah. Does, does it mean that there's a chapter on NHL? No, but the actual, the math and game theory of DFS applies to anything. Different sports have different levels of what one concept matters over the other. NHL, correlation matters a lot more than an NBA. MMA, duplication, like that matters more than, or even mediums to barely even, don't even matter in MMA. It's a very binary sport. MLB correlation matters more than NBA. NFL somewhere in the middle. 
MMA. Leverage is going to matter way more in MMA than in, or and same for PGA, those sports, because there's less correlation and meeting projections don't matter as much because the outcomes are tend to be more barbell. Guy makes the cut or doesn't make the cut, right? So you're going to see a lot of, a lot of that, that distribution curve is going to be concave more so than a bell curve in those sports. And since the players tend to not be correlated to one another in PGA, what lever between projection, correlation, and leverage, those three levers, which one is going to be most important? Leverage, because projection, meaning projection doesn't matter as much. Correlation barely matters. I mean, yeah, tee times. I mean, there's some instances with the weather or something. It's even, even a lot of times the correlation between this is a long course. Oh, the, the, oh, the bombers versus the short hitters. A lot of times that's a wash. People use that as a narrative. And if you, if you back test that, then it would be very little correlation. So what's the only lever that you have with the most amount of power? It'd be the leverage one. This guy's going to be 24% on. This guy's going to be 2% on. I'm going to play the 2% on guy. Like that type of stuff. More prevalent in PGA. But less so in a game like MLB. Because uh, you have, you have, uh, you have line, I mean, you have, you have a 14 game slate. Like no one ne- necessarily gets that owned. Oh, I'm going to fade this 18% owned hitter to play the 2% owned hitter. I mean, you can, but you could probably build a lineup even with the 18% owned guy that has, has enough leverage as it is. Right. Because there's just so many players in the player pool. So that's why you go pick that up. Theory of DFS.com. And see here, see, look, everything that we talked about about this slate doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter. Kemba's out. He's, he's going to rest. Right? Does it matter anymore? I mean, does, does it really? Or maybe it doesn't. I mean, we still had a bunch of Tatum and Brown anyway, right? Did we already have him in? Oh, I think I think we already had him. Okay. I think, we, I, I think it matters now. I think it doesn't matter. Did we predict him to be out already? He's not in the player pool on lineup HQ. So I guess, okay, I guess what we did did matter for now. I guess it did. I guess it did matter. (laughs) I guess we already predicted that. That's why I use the projections team, right? Premium NBA projections. They're they're on top of this. I mean, it would have, they would have updated it at some point. I I just thought Kemba may have been in the, in the projections already, but apparently he's not. So we, we already prepared for that. So that's why you picked that up. Roto-Grinders Premium. Hit the link in the description below. Get $10 off your first month. And join me in the Roto-Grinders Premium Discord. And uh, you could continue to ask whatever whatever questions you like there. So uh, hopefully on Monday, I will, I will, I will have apple juice. Hopefully I don't, I don't, I don't lose a ton today because I didn't have apple juice. If I lose a ton today, then it has to be the apple juice. It almost has to be. I mean, that's that's the way it is. Two days in a row, no apple juice. Two losing days in a row. Maybe it's correlated. Maybe it is, but we'll find out. We'll find out next week. So this was casual Friday, a little teaching Friday. I mean, I've I've done this. I've done that process that I showed you before, like all the time. Maybe maybe cements in more into your head. Maybe we have some new people here. So we'll see what happens today on this 11 game. This it could be it could end up turning into a, into complete crap. We never know. 
five hours from now. There's so much value. We have no, we have no idea what to do with it. Or the complete opposite. This guy gets injured after lock. That, that oh, this game game and get canceled. I mean, who the hell knows? So so stay safe out there on an eleven game slate in NBA. And then we got the weekend, and the weekend tends to be even weirder. So you could tune in. Should be a busy Grinders Live tonight, five thirty p.m. Eastern here on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And then I'll see you. I'll see you next week on Monday. Because we're I'm here every every weekday, Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern, for the DFS pregame show here on RotoGrinders.com. Thank you.